It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 Part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. Welcome to our little midseason report here on the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk, joined by Carl Banks. You can find the Giants huddle podcast at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. All right, Carl, let's start here with the defense. They've really played good football the last few weeks. What have you seen that have you think have allowed them to have that type of turnaround? I think their their coverage configurations have been uh, really good for um, protecting some of their vulnerabilities and um, just just cohesiveness, lack of mistakes, not turning guys loose. So no big plays the last few weeks, right? And so there's two things to that. One by coverage they legislate against certain things, and two by coverage where guys are playing really well. And um, the emergence of uh, Xavier McKinney, you can really see he has a great feel for the game. Um, and he's really starting to just uh, settle into being a pro and letting his skill set um, really take com- command. There seems to be a narrative out there that, oh, they've simplified things. And that's why things are going better. I'll be honest with you, Carl. I watch it. I don't think it's simpler. I just think guys are executing their assignments better and they've really settled in at least in the last couple games against Kansas City and and Las Vegas at playing that bend but don't break defense where they're just not going to let you get beat over the top and they're going to let you dink and dunk all you want but then they hold firm at the end well you know being simple is not a bad thing of course either um you know if they played cover two and cover three the whole game and they were all able to do it well then you know no one's going to complain about that but you know you can be over, overly complex, which I thought they overthought some things in the Washington game. In particular, that stood out to me. And I think, you know, if, if simplifying it, meaning uh, putting guys in the best defense, um, that's not a bad thing. And I think everyone's playing on the same page. They're playing at a very high level. No complaints. What's the key to playing really good red zone defense? Because that's one thing that's really, I think, stuck out the last few weeks. They've kept the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs out of the end zone at a very high rate, which is why they've been able to win or be in all three of those games. Well, it's, number one, it's a shorter field for teams to have to work with. So uh, deciphering the crossing routes, that's where, you know, pick routes down there is where guys you find wide open. So you defend the pylons and you defend the back of the end zone. Other than that, it's just making sure that the the pick and rub routes don't set a guy free and then having good pressure. You've got to have consistent pressure on the quarterback so that he cannot. The ball has to come out quick. If they can look around, chances are they'll find a guy that uncovers in the back of the end zone. What have you seen that you've liked and not liked about that pass rush the last few weeks? Listen, um, what I don't like is that they're not all healthy, you know. Uh, what I do like is that they, they continue. They, they don't get discouraged. They continue to do um, some things that apply pressure, not necessarily a lot of hits, though um, the hits on quarterback I don't think are being talked about as much because uh, Leonard Williams is has got a lot of hits on the quarterback. Dexter Lawrence is playing well, but the outside rushers, uh, they're going to have to ra- ratchet it up a bit more, and, and I think they will. 
And then the third down defense, Carl, has been better too. They're just getting off the field. And we've seen them play a lot of zone on these early downs, but we're still seeing a lot of this man-to-man mixed in on third down here because obviously you know, you're trying to prevent a completed pass there to prevent a conversion. Mm-hmm. And I think Bradbury and Adoree Jackson are both playing. I know Bradbury had his moments in, against the Raiders where he wasn't great, but I think they're playing much better football, and the safeties for that matter, just from a coverage execution standpoint than we saw earlier in the year. Yeah, it, it always helps when your two top cornerbacks are are doing good in coverage. They're not going to be perfect. No cornerback is, but they have a sense of awareness on third down where those are the most important plays, and they've, they've risen to the occasion. Are you concerned about the run defense? Because when I watch it, you could tell the Giants, I'm not going to say they're inviting the run, but they're constantly putting their two safeties deep. Like, they are loath to bring that eighth guy into the yeah. box because they want to prevent the big play. So are you to the point now, because I know this must seem just completely crazy to you having grown up in 1980s football, where you're kind of okay giving up four to five yards a pop as long as you're not giving up those big plays over the top? Well, it depends on the profile of the team because if your opponent – is not patient enough to take the four and five yarders. Chiefs. <clears throat> Chiefs. Yeah. <clears throat> you just let them keep doing it, and then, you know, you force a turnover. Other situations where you're going to have to be steady against the run. Dallas. Um, they're not going to have the safety so far deep. Um, and they'll have to play some, some different types of coverages. But w- even in the Chiefs game, they got caught with like six and seven defensive backs on the field, too. They didn't have their guys out there. That could stop the run, but I think you have to continue to emphasize to your core five or six that they got to hold up against the run. You can't bring a safety down, and you know with with uh, and it depends again on personnel groupings. But if you have a guy like Quincy Roche in there and a Reggie Ragland, you can hold up against uh, a run team, but. You know, the downside to that is they, they can be a liability in the past. So it just depends on, on uh, what personnel groupings the opponent has out on the field. What do you think about the job Roche's done since he's gotten here? Oh, he's getting better each and every game. Um, what impressed me most about the play that he closed the game out on is that he never got discouraged. And he actually uh, decided he wanted to try a different move that got there. So it was a change-up at a critical time in the game, and it worked out. All right, let's jump to the offensive side of the ball, Carl. I think some fans, and I'm sure you go through this too on Twitter, where they they struggle with the idea of finding a path to victory. They kind of want to play each game the same way, the way the analytics tell you, throw it a lot, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the Giants coaching staff and their approach on offense the last two games have put them in really good positions to win. I know it's probably not as aggressive as some fans want to play. But they've run the ball well. They've protected the ball for the most part, spare that one Daniel Jones strip sack. And they're playing a more conservative brand of offense. But at least for these two games, then we'll see what it's like going forward. We'll get to that. That approach has given them a good chance to win because they're preventing negative plays. They're punting the football. And they're at least being successful enough to be in these last two games. So, you know, for those who just think there's one style of football that has to be played because that's what the data says and your roster says something different, I think you need to go with the real-time data, which says you got a banged-up offensive line, uh, patchwork offensive line, 
an offensive line that doesn't hold up very well when you have to pass the ball a whole lot. And right? we saw that with Ngakwe and Crosby coming off the edge. Right. So whatever the da- data says, the facts on the ground say that they don't hold up playing football that way. And they had more offensive linemen available to them and tight ends. And so they played to their strengths. That was their profile. Now, there are going to be games when they get healthier on offense that they will be able to pass the ball a little more. But as of now, this is what they have to do to win the game. Well, that brings me to my next question. Do you think we're going to see some more now once you get Andrew Thomas back? Hopefully Saquon Barkley's back. Hopefully Sterling Shepard is back. And you kind of get the group that this front office and coaching staff envisioned to start the year. Are we going to see more than what we've seen in terms of the passing game, kind of like what we saw against the Saints? You'll see a version of it, but you won't see seven-step drops. You may see some threes or some short fives, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand, letting the playmakers make plays. Play action, things like that. Yeah, and if you get Saquon Barkley going, then your play action is going to be incredible because then you can take some shots down the field. Do you buy the statistics of how much better Jones is when Saquon's out there as opposed to when he's not? (laughs) That's like saying how much better the offensive line is when Andrew Thomas is out there. (laughs) Yeah, why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? Uh, Saquon Barkley makes everybody better. He makes your offense better. Um, I'm not sure why that's even relevant. You know, quarterbacks are only as good as the the people around them, you know? He's a big part of the offense, and so is uh, Saquon Barkley. But, you know, the longer Saquon's out, it's a a moot stat anyway. How do you fit all these wide receivers together now? You might have all four of them plus Evan Ingram all healthy at the same time for the first time all year. It Mm. might happen after the bye. We'll see. It could happen. How do you fit all those pieces together and keep everyone involved? That should be a fun challenge for... Jason Garrett and, and Freddie Kitchens to create some great personnel groupings. One thing I can tell you, the script probably won't be that long because they're going to have to get to some you know personnel groupings that will get these guys going. Daniel Jones, how do you evaluate his play so far this year? And what do you think is coming once all these guys do come back? I think Daniel Jones has been more than adequate. Uh, he's shown some some flashes of brilliance when he's had his – um tools around him um he can get rid of the one or two mistakes a game and he'd be you know much better but at least these mistakes are coming this year early in the game where they're not haunting you in crucial moments do but, you, um, I I'm like sorry, I like what I'm seeing all right final question Carl do you see the arrow pointing up right now based on how this team has improved their play the last few weeks they've won two out of three. Do you see the arrow pointing up, and, and why should Giant fans be optimistic as they head into these final eight games of the year? Listen, all I can tell you is it's a week-to-week proposition in the NFL. And by the way, I think we saw that last week with mm-hmm. what Denver did to Dallas and yep. with what Jacksonville beat in Buffalo. Yeah, so if you come prepared, uh, you'll have an opportunity. There's a path to victory. I am. Um, I feel good about what I've seen. Now they're going on break. If the players come back with the same mentality that they left with, I think fans could you know, have some things to cheer about in the second half of the season. We look forward to it. Of course, you can find Carl on the radio. You're still doing your fan hits Monday and Friday still, or what are you doing these days? Uh, 
Thursday and Monday, or Monday and Thursday. Yeah. Make sure you go check it out. That's Carl Banks, Giants analyst on the radio, of course. You can find him doing all his other stuff as well. For Carl, I'm John. That's the Giants Huddle. Hope you enjoyed your bye week, everybody. It's the Giants and Bucks on Monday Night Football. When is that coming up? On November 22nd. We'll have a coverage of core. Of course, preview of that game right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. We'll see that.